Assalamu alaikum everyone. So today's episode is going to talk about two things that I think go a lot hand in hand, you know, and I think that these are two things that can help you a lot. But this episode is going to be about how what's meant for you won't miss you and stuff of that nature while also talking about some tahajjud miracles. So I actually received a DM from someone and they were like, oh, you mentioned like your relationship with the Hajjad in like a long episode, long, long time ago. You should make an episode dedicated just talking about it. And I feel like mine is not that exciting. <laughs> it's not that exciting. Um, but for me, it was a very, very, if you're new, it was just a very, very difficult relationship because I feel like at so many points in my life, there were times when I was like, okay, like, I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna wake up, so I can get what I want, and I didn't, but I, I can confidently tell you I always ended up getting something better, and till this day, now that I'm older, and I am much more wise in my decisions, I'm like, thank god, god didn't give me what I wanted then, <laughs> thank god, thank god, God, because if I got some of those things that I asked God for that I thought were good at the time without me knowing everything, I would have been in some deep waters today. And I can't lie to you that just because, you know, the little stone in a bigger picture didn't get accepted, God always helped me reach the bigger picture and helped me get to my bigger goals. But in the beginning, I always felt really relentless about it and just very like tired because Every time I did it, you know, I just wasn't getting the results that I wanted. And what I struggled with at the time was a severe sense of tunnel vision. And tunnel vision is something also that I want to talk about right here since we're just, we're just going to talk. We're just going to talk, okay? If you did not know already, we're just going to talk. But for me at the time, what I really struggled with was tunnel vision. Because at that point, I did not care about anything else. I didn't care that I was waking up you know, at the last third, I didn't care about any of that, like, I just cared about what I wanted, I just cared about being successful in whatever it was, and this was quite a few stands in my life, and that was the only thing that I cared about, I didn't care about the fact that I was, you know, I was like, okay, yay, I'm happy, I'm waking up for the hajjid, cool, but, like, I want what I want, like, that was just kind of my mindset, and so, one of the things in my life that I feel like I really, really learned before, and I relearned this, especially, like, after, like October, especially of, you know, near the end of this year, is like every single blessing in your life is timed. It is timed. Your relationship with your parents, your parents, you know, themselves, the, the loving relationships, all the human beings around you, including ourselves, we are timed. We're not here forever. The blessings that you have, the ability to get an education, you know, the days that you're spending when you're young, like there's just a certain there's a certain blessings in life that we overlook, but they're on a time limit and you won't ever get them back. And when you get really, really consumed in what you don't have, and I know that hearing this advice can be really annoying because I know for me, I found it annoying. I used to genuinely just like skip lectures when they used to go on this tangent. I was like, I don't want to hear that because my entire life depends on this and I just can't wake up or sleep or be happy or appreciate anything because this one thing that I don't have is like going to weigh down my entire future. It was so many different things in my life that had been at that point. And so what I learned was to accept the fact that like as much as you think that your world is going to end and it's going to crash down, it's not. I know it feels like it does, 
but like i remember so many times when i was like oh my god like i'm gonna hyperventilate and die if things don't go my way if i don't do good in this or like if this doesn't happen and like i was fine you know i think that sometimes some of the best things that have ever happened to me in life was the things that i really wanted the most not happening because i learned how to realize that i am a whole human being that is so capable of living outside of those things because a lot of times when you're like oh my god if this does not happen like i cannot go and i can't imagine myself then god puts you in positions where you don't have those things and then it's like slowly but surely you eventually learn to fear nothing 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 of this dunya not losing anybody and just fearing allah because you know at the end of the day like once you lose something you really valued or you fail at something you really cared about and like you've seen the worst of what you thought could be the worst in your life then at that point everything else just seems minor and you come to a point where you're just like okay i thought i couldn't breathe or die or sleep or eat or just exist you know but i am and i'm fine and i'm alive and i i'm okay and i feel like coming to that realization was probably one of the best things i could have ever done for myself because at so many times when we conquer our fears those fears don't come for us anymore but when we do not face our fears and we run away from them or we dodge them, they come up over and over again in some different form, some different shape, but they come. And so when you conquer them and you overcome it and you're like, look, this is my fear. It was the worst and it happened. You come to a point where you're like, okay, well, look, I faced my fear. That's it. This fear has nothing on me anymore because I already saw the worst and I saw me at my worst and I saw what life could have been at the worst when this happened. So that's it. That's it. It's over now. And so it's like you come to a term where like these sleepless nights, this I can't breathe and I don't know how anything is going to go on. Like it just, it doesn't affect you anymore. And sometimes that's the best thing. I know in the moment it hurts, but like in the moment, you know, it sucks. Later on, you're going to be like, okay, I'm not about to lose sleep over that. The worst that has happened has happened. And it was meant. And so coming to a point where you realize that just because you wanted something and you don't get it, obviously it hurts. And no matter how much in your mind you're like in denial, that is so real. Denial, that is something that should be talked about also. Denial sometimes comes from the pain of what didn't happen and the pain of how it happened. So sometimes when you find out that something isn't going to happen, you feel in shock and in so much denial because the way that you find out within itself hurts and then the second reality that you have to ex you know accept that things aren't going to go the way that you expected them to hurts so it's you you're not sure at some points which one is worse and i think that something that i have done quite a lot is like i i try to set time frames on like oh you have to heal by then you have to be fine by then you have to get out of denial by then you have to but i feel like especially tonight like i was thinking about it just you know having my thoughts and i was like why i just don't think that i should i i don't think that you should ever rush being like trying to heal i think that of course you should be careful that you don't fall in a hole and you should be mindful of like where you're heading but like do it in a self-aware way but i feel like sometimes we put time frames like oh, this thing only happened for like a month and a half. I should be able to heal from this in two weeks. The thing is, in life, something could be in your life for like three months and hurt you or make you feel so much good and bad that you could not feel in years and it can it can be really hard to heal from it. So it's like being in denial and being 
already of what won't happen and then how it happened and then being in denial of the fact that you aren't 100% healed like you told yourself you would be in two weeks you're doing it to yourself now of course it's unintentional but that is a lot of denial to take at once and I would not recommend that I know sometimes like you think about something and you're like I'm 100% fine and like you come into terms with it and then like you'll be crying on a random Wednesday just over it and you won't be able to get over the fact that it happened the way that it did. It's normal. But I feel like sometimes when you cry like a month or two weeks later after something and you're like sad about it and then you're like, oh my God, like I can't believe this. And like, you know, you, you do your fair share of being sad. Then I feel like it starts to get better because it's like at that point, like you've really let out everything. You've had your relapse. Like, it, it gets better, you know? Regardless, one of the important things is while you are waiting for everything, be grateful to God and be patient with whatever you're going through. Because again, what's meant for you will always come. So whether you're waiting for something to happen or you're trying to figure out if something will happen or something happened in a way that you didn't want it to, we have our own timelines. We have our own ideas of how things are going to work out. And sometimes God will give you what you are asking for, just not at the time that you had in mind, because at the time that you had it in mind, it probably would have been very difficult or you wouldn't be able to sustain it. Maybe you weren't ready. The situation wasn't ready, whatever it might be, or you'll just get something better. There's this concept of, oh, well, what if I get the worst and what if I get better? Let it go. There's no reason to dwell on those thoughts. There's no reason to give into those thoughts. When we look at the reward of patience and gratitude and all those things, it's so immense. And I was listening to a lecture today about gratitude. And one of the interesting things that they mentioned was like, the roads of patience will lead you to gratitude. In Islam, when you are patient, it's not easy and you know your reward is endless. But the thing that makes it so much more easier is being grateful for what you do have. Because when you gain a sense of tunnel vision and see nothing else, it becomes unbearable to live. I'm telling you, when the only thing you see is what you don't have, you will always feel like you are drowning in the biggest ocean and you will never get out. Because that's the only thing that you see. And some days I feel like I don't even have the energy to be grateful. I'm just like, how am I supposed to sit here and be like, oh, I'm grateful for this and grateful for that. Like, I can't even get out of bed. That happens to all of us. But on those days, it's important to remember that God favors you daily. He might test you occasionally, but he favors you daily. So be grateful, be happy, and remember that God has always decided this out of his love and what's meant will always come. Which leads me to my next point. If you really want something and you haven't prayed the hajjid for it, really, it's up to speculation on how bad you want it. Because if you're not willing to wake up at night to talk to God and pray for it, I can promise you that desire, it ain't the same. Because when you really want something, bro, like you can tell yourself that you're like, oh, I don't care, I don't care. But then oh, look at you whooping out the prayer mat, you know. I started the night. Mm. So when you really, really want something, like, you make the hajjid for it. And when the discussion comes to the hajjid, it is so, so beautiful because within itself, a lot of us, we start to break the hajjid because we want something. And what ends up happening is usually we get what we want. Sometimes the hajjid duas get answered in the exact same day. And it's absolutely insane. Like, you will make dua for something and that thing will happen and, like, you'll remember, like, oh my god, I prayed the hajjid and this happened. Like, it's insane. But a lot of us start off praying the hajjid because we want something. And then whether you get 
what you want or you don't, there's a certain feeling that I feel like no one can describe. But you start to just feel a sense of contentment. Like, I'm okay. I probably didn't get what I wanted, but I'm okay. And I got what I wanted, I'm grateful. Like, regardless of how it goes, there's something about that time that you will just want to keep going. And I remember today, this morning, you know, I've been so, so, so exhausted from the past week because I've had so much going on. So I was like, oh, like, I'm I'm not going to, you know, go about it this time. I'm not going to pray. I'm going to skip today and, you know, leave it at that. And so I set up my alarm to wake up in 15 minutes after the time to get ready to go to school. Because I was like, I just can't wake up. I'm sorry. Like, I'm too tired, right? Because I felt really, really sick. And so I still woke up. Like, 15 minutes later, I woke up and I checked the time on my app. I'm like, wait, what time does Fajr happen? And I felt like a fever dream. And I had more than enough time to pray the Hajjah. And I was like, bro, I mean, if you, I mean, if you want, like, you know, hey, it's Qatar, I'm coming, I'm coming. And so it's so beautiful how like over time, the hajjah, it's like, it always just comes. It it comes and it's like, even when you're like, oh, I'm tired. Or like, oh, you know, maybe I might not pray tomorrow. Your body like naturally wakes up at that time and you're like, I mean, hey, if I'm here, I'm here. And it's just such a beautiful time because you get to talk to Allah alone. You get to ask him for whatever you want. And it just... It stays between you and him, of course, and sometimes you'll get exactly what you want the same day, and then sometimes you'll get what you want a few years later, a few months, a few weeks, and sometimes you'll get even better. And there's this beautiful hadith, um, in Sahih al-Bukhari, it is 1145, where it just basically says how Abu Huraira reported that the Messenger of Allah, peace and blessings be upon him, said, our Lord Almighty descends to the lowest heavens in the last third of every night, saying, Who is calling upon me that I may answer him? Who is asking from me that I may give him? Who is seeking my forgiveness that I may forgive him? And it's so beautiful to think about that this is like your chance. This is your moment. You get to ask God for whatever you want. And especially like if you feel like recently you've been caught up in like a really vigorous sin and you just don't feel good enough. You're feeling unworthy. You just feel bad as a whole waking up for the hajjah just does insane things for you because like as your day goes on as you start your morning you'll start to feel a little bit more content like some things that you chased relentlessly or things that you thought that you couldn't break addictions out of it's like subtle but you start to see those changes then you start to think to yourself how did all this happen and you're like oh my god i started praying the hajjah so it's like very very beautiful and in my life i woke up a lot of times for things that i did not get but I got better stuff, and I sometimes, a lot of times, I did get exactly what I wanted, lots of times. You know, I can never, ever deny that God has, alhamdulillah, always been so, so generous to all of us, right? Because as human beings, we already have so many blessings before we even asked for them. The ability to have a functioning body, or to even have ears to listen to this. It just, we've had blessings that we've never even asked God for, but we got. So, that already being there. But... So many times God answers your thoughts and gives you exactly what you want. And the times that he doesn't, we get so belittled. But didn't God help you then? Didn't God give you what you needed then? Didn't God save you then? He did. So it's so, so unfair. And it's so sad to yourself to sit here and doubt God. We have these concepts of possible and impossible in our mind. And we like to limit ourselves with them. We're crying over what's possible. And we're like, oh my God, it's not going to happen. It's impossible. While you're praying to God who can make anything possible. These mind 
concepts, these limits, they're, they're nothing. There's nothing in front of Allah. And you can ask Allah for anything. And you might get what you want. That's great. If you don't, know that Allah loves you so much that He protected you from that thing. At the end of every dua, you should always generally just, even generally, it doesn't even have to be at the end, you should generally ask Allah to give you what's best. Really. And when you truly mean it from your heart, inshallah, you'll get what's best. Now, what's best might not be what you want in the moment, but it's what you need long term. Because what's best is always going to be best. Might not be right now, but it will be long term. And so... That is something that I feel like the Hajjah really does for lots of people. You will wake up wanting something, caring that oh, I just need this thing, I need this thing, I need this thing. But the relationship that you end up developing with God over time and just the feelings that you feel is something that even when you don't have anything you want, you're just like, oh, I'll wake up. I'll wake up. I want to thank Allah. I'll just wake up. I want to pray. Like it's something that starts to grow on you. And it's one of the best things that I feel like you can do for yourself as a Muslim because you start to... I, I, this is my opinion i feel like you start to unlock so many new things and so many new abilities in your life that you never knew you were capable of doing i just feel like it does something for you i can't really i can't explain it i feel like anyone who's been there you really can't explain it it's like a warm fuzzy feeling in your heart and you feel great and you feel content but at the same time like that's just not enough to explain it so i actually went on instagram and i asked you guys tell me your tahajid miracle stories so, this ties in with the whole concept of what's meant for you won't miss you, which leads us to the point of also praying the hajjah, because when you really want something, a lot of times we pray the hajjah for it. So, here are a few of the beautiful DMs that I received from you guys, and some of these are also tweets that I found that I really, really liked. So, here's the first one. You might need some tissues. I asked Allah to make me a good person, a good son, a good brother, and a good friend, and a good Muslim. I was able to hold my patience and grateful for what I had been through. I became a good son when I was there for my parents whenever they needed me, especially during difficult times when my father was very ill and had to help my mother a lot by driving, cleaning, getting groceries, etc. I was there for her when she needed me, but I became a good brother when I had to look after my sick sister. Since I was six, she was born with an issue with her livers, and during her final days, she needed a new liver. My brother was chosen for it because he was older, healthy, exercised, and was just better overall in regards to health. But I remembered when I was young, I prayed for the Hajjah that it would be an honor for me to give my liver to my sister. During the final checkup, he did not get chosen and mine did. After I donated my liver to her, she passed away two weeks later, after the operation. May Allah be pleased with her. I became a good friend as I was in grief and still mourning. I had friends who had troubles and problems. Despite my feelings, I was there for them. Recently, I was in a very bad state, and they all came looking for me and reminded me what I had done for them. Finally, I became a good Muslim, because every time, whenever I am lost, I always find my way to get closer and return to Allah, despite the distractions this world has put me in. Okay. That was definitely something. So I really, really liked that one, and I felt that was so beautiful, because I feel like it's so insane how the Hajjid... It's a big picture here. We're talking about health, we're talking about this, we're talking about that. But it's also the subtle changes in one character, becoming a better Muslim, becoming better at the roles that you play, becoming a better son, becoming a better daughter, whatever. Like the roles that you play, you progress in them. And it's the little du'as that you make at the hajjah that you don't think, you know, a lot about that change you. And I find it so beautiful how, like, he saw giving her liver as an honor. And so, like, that was something that like, he made the hajjah for, like, mashallah. It's beautiful. But it's truly something that, it puts into perspective 
because that relationship with Alyssa, the only thing in my eyes that can ever drive you like that was for the rest of us, for a lot of other people, that wouldn't even be something they want to think about, giving up their liver, giving up anything. You know, we are so tight sometimes with even materialistic things giving up a part of ourselves is insane and so when you see the relationship that this guy had with the hajjah and how over time it progressed and poured into different aspects of his life it speaks for itself it's amazing the next one is also very very interesting and it's definitely gonna get to the girls it was my first day of college and I was so freaked out about my hijab and burqa as the previous day we got a text from our college management that no religious clothing was allowed, meaning no no hijab, no buy, no nothing. I prayed the hajjah that night and in the morning I just wore a hijab, dressed modestly and sat in the college bus. Just one stop later, a girl in a complete abaya got in and came and sat next to me. At that moment, I saw her and took a breath of relief. It was like Allah sent her my way. She was never on that bus after that day. But from that day onwards, I started wearing my abaya and everything else. I like that one too. That one was so cute. Because sometimes in life, you need that one person to do it. Or you need to get that motivation and see someone else and it gives you relief. And I find that so beautiful. A love will send that to you. You know, so many times I've talked to people that are non-hijabis. And they'll be like, hijabi people don't know that when we see them, it's like it kind of gives us a sense of like reassurement or encouragement. It's like that boost. It gives you comfort kind of in a way of seeing someone that is like of your own. And I found that so cute. I was like, that's so cute. But it's so adorable. It's so adorable. And it's just like sometimes when you question your decisions, you know, Allah will send someone or something that will kind of confirm you that you're right stay where you are stay put it's gonna get easy and i i love that this is another one and this is actually one of my friends who swiped up on my story and she sent this long story short i prayed really hard that i passed my psych exam because i failed the previous one even though i studied a lot for that one too i then moved on with my day and studied at the campus then out of nowhere i got an email saying that the campus will be closed for two weeks and that everyone has to go home and the library became empty in just a matter of five minutes i realized it was because of covid was spreading and the professor had no choice but to make it online and open note and i passed it with a hundred <laughs> and i was like yo that's so good i'm gonna share it on my story so she's so sweet i love her but i i love this one as well because i know that lots of us have these stories with like school and stuff oh my god i have so many of these were like i was failing a class right and we had certain professors where, like, they wouldn't directly say when something's open note or open book. They'd be like, oh, we'll tell you soon. But then sometimes it'd be like, you just make hard enough dua. They would forget to tell us. <laughs> so on exam day, people would show up with their books. And they're like, well, you didn't say it was no books. So it's open note now. And it just, you know, sometimes, sometimes you just, duas work in amazing ways to just kind of push things through. Sometimes failing very drastically is the best thing because next time when you do good it really helps you so yeah for sure for sure i get this one a hundred percent this is another one i asked Allah subhanahu wa to increase me in knowledge wisdom islam my deen the quran etc literally the next day my brother-in-law offered to start teaching me randomly i've never spoken to him or even mentioned this to him also a friend i recently met wants to help teach me quran and assist me the way it came to be was super random, but by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it happened. Also, if you end up choosing this, I'm going through a little health scare, and if you wouldn't mind, 
could use a few du'as. And if this care isn't meant to pass, du'as for forgiveness, inshallah. So may Allah bless you with healing and shifa and forgiveness and happiness and everything that you are seeking. I mean, this is beautiful as well. I really like this one. That's what I'm saying, y'all. What have I been saying this episode? Things pop up out of thin air with like the hajjah. It's, it's, it's W power, guys. I don't know how else to say it. Things pop up out of thin air. And I find it so pretty, uh, beautiful, really. How, I don't know where, like, she found a friend who's like willing to teach her and help her. And it's just, it's so cute. I love it. I've got to get better at my commentary. My commentary is, mm, it's so beautiful. It's so cute. I love it. That is my favorite statements. I love throwing. It's so cute. It's beautiful. I love it everywhere I go. But these are just so, I'm not going to say beautiful. I'm going to say these are so heart touching. Mm, these are so heart touching. <laughs> They're so beautiful. <laughs> these are so good though, because I feel like they speak for themselves. I don't really got to say much about it. This is some interesting tweets also that I really, really liked. I was in jail for seven months when the court prolonged my sentence for another month. They thought that I would be released within three days, and on the second day I was released for some reason. I got into my uni of choice, got my job of choice, flat of choice, grades I prayed for, everything. Ailments went away, alhamdulillah, and met people that I prayed for. Another one says, I made dua during Ramadan, the last third of the night, for wealth and success in terms of business. Alhamdulillah, I went from operating from my bedroom to a 1,000 square foot warehouse. I opened another business, and subhanAllah, my duas were answered. Then, yet I still feel the effects of it. Another one, which is really, really interesting. Okay, so this one says, SubhanAllah, not too long ago, I had a court summoned for a big ticket worth 20k. Literally that night, I prayed the Hajjid made dua to Allah to help me in this case, and the next day in court, my case was dropped because they couldn't find the ticket or any history of it. <laughs> Nothing big, but I ordered my mom an Eid gift. This is another one. Nothing big, but I ordered my mom an Eid gift, but it was stuck in France for two months because of lockdown. So I rang the company, and they said it'll be stuck for another few months, and I prayed the Hajjid, and it showed up the next morning. I like it, too. I like that one, too. Because it's valid. What's my point here with sharing some of these? The hajjah can be done for anything. Anything that you want. Anything big, small, little, big, drastic, life-changing. Minor. Anything. People have this concept that, like, the hajjah is, like, for the biggest things of your life and you sh you don't, you know, you don't do it often. Or that istahara is only for marriage. And, like, these are tools and things that God has given you to use, bestie use them like there is no reason to be like oh i can only do istahara when i get married there's lots of other times in your life when you can do it same thing for the hajjad you don't have to wake up for the hajjad when you hit crisis of course you should but you should also wake up when things are going good lots of times people are like well i don't have anything that i want and life is going great i don't get what i'm gonna do waking up at the hajjad wake up and try and you'll see how much your life gets better sometimes it's not even about what you want it's just about waking up for the pleasure of allah our whole journey on this earth is of seeking the pleasure of allah and sometimes gaining the pleasure of allah is by being patient and what you know the decree is and one of the biggest thoughts that we should always ask allah is to help us start to think well of the qadr that he has made instead of thinking this could have been different but if this didn't happen he knew what he was doing you don't have a say to question the final judgment that God makes. So, Allah knows best. The other thing I want to mention while we're talking about this is this is going to be flat honest. I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. 
You're going to feel sad sometimes for a few days, a few weeks, a few months, and sometimes you will feel perfectly fine. And then out of nowhere, like a random wave of sadness will hit you. And then you will start missing this person or missing this thing or missing something. And you will just feel like, oh, I wish that that, that all got answered. I wish that I could get this thing that I want. And I know what's meant for me will come for me. But when will it come for me? I just feel sad that it hasn't come for me yet. You know, that type of relentless cycle. And you know that Allah loves you more than any other love in this world that you ever experienced or will experience so you know he's doing it out of love and you know that he tests you because he loves you you know these things but a lot of days it can be very hard to look at the life that you're living and truly understand that you're going to have to experience those moments alone when you look for someone to save you when you're drowning no one's around you're gonna keep drowning when you're drowning, you don't look around saying, who's going to come and get me? Who's going to come and get me? You're falling. You're drowning. You're going even deeper. This is not the time to sit here and say, who's going to come and get me? This is the time to get yourself out. And you have the capability within yourself to get yourself out. You absolutely do. God would never throw you in drowning waters and leave you at the mercy of someone else to come and take you out. God is sufficient for you in every single scenario to come and rescue you, to take care of you, to be there for you, and to remind you that you can do anything through God. God strengthens you. So when you are drowning and you think that I won't make it out and I can't ever get over this, you will. You absolutely will. Do not wear the blindfold of doubt in your life and continue to drown thinking that someone else will come and rip it off of you. No one will come. When... Someone comes in your life and they're worth staying and Allah sees some good in it, you'll keep them around. Sometimes some people will come in your life. Maybe right now is not the time for them. Allah will take that person away from you. You desire, you want it, you make dua for it, you try your best to work for it. If Allah wills, it will come back. But God knows better than anyone in these scenarios. And if something that you want is making you become so much more closer to God, it is such a blessing. You are constantly making dua more. You're reading Quran more. You're praying more. You're turning closer and closer to God. You want this hardship to pass. But look at how you're spending your day now. So sadness does teach you things that happiness could never teach you. And it can bring you closer to God in ways that you never could imagine. You have got to come to this point where you don't see a, like, a sense of scarcity in everything. Just because your dua did not get answered, Allah has blessed us with things that we never even asked him for, that we don't even thank him for. We don't ever thank him for the good health that he's given us often. Occasionally we do. But before we were even born, God already blessed us with that. God blessed us with a lot of things before we were even here. So if Allah can sustain and provide for you then and he gave you then, why can't he not give you now? I know that sometimes in life, when you see the way that your life is working out, you fear your direction and you fear where you're going. But remember that God has always been faithful. God has never not been faithful. I know that sometimes you think that you don't know where you're heading. Sometimes you think that the direction that you want to go to and the direction that God's taking you are very different. And you have no clue where that direction is going. You feel no sense of certainty. But you should feel a sense of certainty in the fact that God has always been faithful. And whoever is faithful and loyal even in your own personal life you trust that person you do when a very very faithful or loyal friend or your spouse who's very faithful and loyal gives you good advice or guides you to a right direction you trust that person what about god god is far beyond the capacities of a human being and when god is guiding you out of his love for you and we always know that god has always been faithful god has never failed anybody 
Has God ever failed anybody? That's a question you should ask yourself. Seriously, has God ever failed anyone? With your full chest and be 100% honest, has God ever failed anybody? No. Why would God fail you? Why would God start with you? In the history of all of those beautiful companions that came before us, other prophets, peace be upon all of them, of all of the noble people that came before us that were way better than me and you combined, has God ever failed them? No. God has never failed them. God has never failed all of those righteous people that came before us, all the companions that came before us, the prophets that came before us, all of them. God never failed them. Why would God start with you? Why? God would not purposely set you up for failure. He would not let you be drowning all the time and leave you there. You might feel like that, but have you ever reached out and actually asked God, I'm here and I need help? Some days our words with God are, God is very tangled. We don't necessarily know what to say or how to say it. And on those days, one of the things I love to do is just lay down on the prayer mat. And eventually the words just come out on their own. Sometimes sitting there on the prayer mat, laying on the prayer mat, whatever, just being there, the words will find themselves. And even on the days when your heart feels tangled and like you don't know what you want to say to Allah, still try to say something. A lot of days you won't have anything to say. You might just cry. But tears in the way of Allah are very valuable. So make talking to Allah a consistent thing. Make making dua for others also something that you should do repeatedly. Make it a habit to start making dua for other people as well. This will benefit you in unimaginable ways. And it is so good for you to make dua for others, you know. But when it also comes to yourself, I know that some days like you don't even want to talk to anybody else. You don't even want to talk to God. Like, you just don't want to do anything. On those days, I feel like, for me, I just lay on the prayer mat. And then, at some point or another, like, I end up crying. And then <laughs> everything comes out. And then everything just comes out. And then there's a sense of comfort. A lot of us desire, like, physical comfort and desire physical affection. And we desire people to love us and be around us. But that only goes so far. The real thing a lot of us desire is a peace of mind and a comforted soul and like a secure heart. And those are all things that can come from Allah. No physical relationship in life can give you those things except through the will of Allah. So some people have those physical relationships. They are married. They are happily, you know, in love or they do have good friends around them. But they feel zero sense of security in their relationships and in their ability to trust this person or in that in their ability of that person even being there. The barakah, the trust, the love, it's all a form of something that comes from Allah. Of course, you put your effort, but it comes from Allah ultimately. So... Even then, it is only Allah that can give you those things. And if you start to get this sense of emotional dependency on someone else to provide you those things, you're going to screw yourself. I saw this thing on Twitter the other day. It was a really interesting drawing. So it was like a stick figure. And it was like one stick figure was straight and the other stick figure had its head on its shoulder, on the person's shoulder and it was resting on the other person's shoulder. Then the second picture was the person that was resting, you know, the one who had his head rested on the shoulder, his neck was like slit and cut in half because the other person left. And so he relied completely on the shoulder of someone else. And the caption is, this is what emotional dependency looks like. Because when you have your head rested on someone else's shoulder and they decide that they want to go and you don't know how to straighten up on your own, yikes, that's what ends up happening. So these desires of comfort and physical and soul peace, you know, that you're seeking for, 
it's, it's only going to come from Allah. It's not going to come from these physical relationships. These physical relationships might make you feel full and make you feel better. But that too comes through the will of Allah. So in a lot of aspects, yes, you will feel sad and you will feel down that things went the way that they did. But you're going to have to find new ways to encourage and take yourself and take your pain and invest it in something creative. Ultimately, in essence, when we are going through something that might feel like an unanswered dua or we don't know if this thing will happen, it's very important to remember that when something comes in your life and you hold on to it and you think this is mine, this is mine, then Allah takes it away. That isn't forever. It can come back. Allah can give it back to you at a better time when you know how to take care of it better. Make dua for it. Hope well for it. One day, the same thing that broke you can be the same thing that you confront and you understand and you truly receive the closure as to why it happened. But closure doesn't just come from conversations. It comes from you recognizing that the way you decide to pick up your life and move on says a lot as well. You have that power within you to pick up everything and decide that I'm done. This doesn't help me anymore. Yes, I want this thing. There's nothing wrong with wanting it. But when the day comes when Allah will grant you this thing that you're seeking, or it's time to sit down and actually talk about the real things that went down, the real feelings, the real emotions behind a conflict that very, very much hurt you, when that day comes, that day will come. That's it. It's simple as that. The day will come when the day is meant to come. That day will come when it has to come. You sitting here stressing, crying, being upset about it is not going to bring that day to come faster. I know it hurts and you might feel like you're in pain and it sucks, I know. But that day is going to happen when it happens. And whether that's in this life or on the day of judgment, that day will come. But until that time, you deserve to accomplish amazing things and do amazing things. Your life should not be on pause because you are hibernating in pain, waiting for the day when you get closure from someone that hurt you. You won't always get closure. You won't always know if something's meant for you. One of the most hardest tests that some of us face is this open-ended concept of an answer. Kind of like an open-ended dua where like you make dua and you don't necessarily know if this thing will come back, if it's gone forever, if you, you just don't know. Which is open-ended and it's just life will take you where it needs to go. And the biggest thing that you learn in that moment is tawakkal, patience, having sabr, trusting Allah in that moment. Because you have no clue where it's going to go. And just because God is taking you in a different direction than yours, that doesn't mean he's not going to get you to your destination and what you want. That just means that the way that he's taking you is different. And sometimes it's better to go from a different route. Throughout this time frame, when you're walking on this path that God has chosen you, it's very important to be creative with your pain. To take your pain and to take this negative sulking energy and invest it in something so much more better. Invest your energy into being committed into something. Committed to something outside of this thing that you are constantly feeling sad about. Start to become committed. You have got to gain commitment and discipline to something else. I want you to start setting yourself a goal to complete. This can be working out every day. Every day you work out, then you sit down, you're like, I worked out today. I'm proud of myself. I got that one thing done. Then you add on. Your commitment can be hanging out with a really good friend that you know that helps you. Being around people can help you a lot. This can also be, and this is one of my favorite commitments to make when I'm in this time frame, is you know, starting a new lecture series to listen to, some new Islamic series, or finding like a new course or something to learn. 
especially of your interest, something that you've been wanting to do. Let's say you've always been wanting to learn about the prophet, peace be upon him. You've always been wanting to learn about the companions, something. This is the time. You have all of this pain in you. You have all of these emotions in you. You have all of this energy and drive in you. And these feelings are taking you down. And right now is the best time to invest them into something positive, something that can change your life. So you've got to find a goal and stay committed to it. My personal favorite is like starting a new course or learning something new. Because I feel like not only is it a beautiful commitment to yourself that I will take this pain and invest in something better. It's a beautiful commitment in the eyes of Allah that... I am not giving up just because I'm in pain. I'm going to take this time to learn more things about you and your deen and everything around that. That an unanswered dua should not be the reason that I get pushed away from Allah. So there's beautiful like lecture series and courses and stuff that you can sign up for. I know for courses, I really like Rabada. Their registration opens January 1 and it ends January 17 for like their Rabat classes. But even outside of that, they have like these level one courses which are really good. It's about like the companions of the prophet, reflections from the Quran, fast and friendly fic. Like all the classes are open internationally. The homework is actually practical and not difficult. I actually had a friend who took like their foundations, flounderings, and faith classes with Tamara Gray. Oh my god. I, I've always heard amazing stuff about her. I've that... Mm, mashallah she is so nice i've always heard the nicest stuff about her and she is so sweet like she's so interactive she's so nice she like lifts everybody up the environment is great you can ask amazing questions it's just you're just surrounded with a bunch of successful women who are successful in beautiful areas of their life and then they all love islam and then all y'all just come together lift each other up ask each other amazing questions and learn the deen and tamara gray is we love her we love her here I'm a fan. So it's amazing. It's also termly. So it's not like it's too long and you get bored. It's just a good semester. Then you learn everything. You meet amazing people. And it's just something nice to be committed to. It's nice to be committed to. You know you wake up, you know, on a certain day of the week. Everything is super neat and posted like by the weeks. And so you know that you get to like meet these amazing women, have your day brightened up. It's it's an it's amazing outlet. And it's a healthy experience, especially for those who might be going through like low faith investing your time being around good people being around knowledgeable people especially people that will like encourage you to gain islamic knowledge which is a big one i know so many people unfortunately have had negative experiences when it comes to seeking islamic knowledge because they felt like they weren't welcomed or invite i know that's one thing that especially with rabatha like i've never felt that i know that my very very close friend who has done it never felt that like it's so encouraging everyone there is to help you and it's it's wholesome it's sweet i love it but there's so many amazing things that you can do and you need to find something beautiful to commit yourself towards. Ultimately, obviously committing to something is beautiful. And the one thing that I want to tell you also to close you off on is stop comparing your life to other people. Like you really have to stop doing it. I don't think you understand. People always give this lecture. I've given this lecture. But when you see other people live a type of way or have blessings that you don't have, you start to think that you are the only one who's suffering. You are the only one who's not getting good things. You are the only one who's getting the shorter end of the stick. If you continue to compare your blessings that people show on social media minus the losses that they faced, the failures that they faced, you know, just the things that they had to give up and the suffering that they went through 
minus that from the picture you only see their success you start to think that you are the only one who's suffering that god is making you suffer that you are just going through hell and back alone that you have the worst hardships ever and that's not the case so many people suffer and you just won't know it and i always tell you all about this i know so many people that it's just insane i actually had a friend that i knew in high school my senior year and she's like probably one of the only people that i kind of keep contact with ever since and she's amazing she's very sweet but like she's constantly especially after high school like now she's traveling she's going to different you know events stuff like that like she's really doing what she loves and it's so shocking because if you go on her instagram it's looking fun right and I text her, we talk often, and a while ago, like, me and her, we, you know, we're doing our monthly debrief with each other, very low-maintenance friends, we do, like, monthly debriefs. I was like, so what's going on with you? She's basically having a heart problem to the point that it's hard for her to breathe, and she does not know what's going on. The doctors don't know what's going on. They keep referring her over and over and over again to someone else, and she's terrified for her life. She can't sleep at night because of how anxious she feels, because she doesn't know what's going on. But if you go on her Instagram, you would never be able to know that. And it's like that for so many people. I know so many people who are struggling in types of ways in their life that you could never imagine. I know people that have faced or are currently facing or trying to run away from abusive marriages, relationships, from divorces, and you got no clue about it, bro. Some of my closest friends went through such traumatic divorces this year. Like, I'm talking traumatic. Like, very, very deeply traumatic divorces you know kids and all having to adjust them to a brand new life with the fact that their dad is gone and he just left out of thin hair like just so much lots of those things and i follow those girls obviously they're my friends and i obviously see their socials and it's like you know bismillah allah woke me up today positive mindset i'm gonna be grateful you know alhamdulillah for this i'm at the masjid like you won't be able to tell it's just like it looking it's looking beautiful it's looking like she's waking up you know getting her morning workout in and heading to the masjid it looks great i'm telling you please just don't do that to yourself don't judge your life based off of what you think other people have don't envy other people for what they have wish them well and allah will give you what's for you there is plenty to go around allah can give you far more than you can imagine he can give you everything you can ever dream of and more allah is capable of giving you abundant and abundant and abundant of blessings please stop comparing yourself to other people for the love of god dude do it for yourself stop please you are hurting yourself you're hurting your blessings you're hurting your capabilities by thinking that you are the one who isn't doing good who isn't getting what you know other people are getting you are just damaging yourself it's not fair don't do it stop comparing yourself negatively to people like that allah has good written for you and that good will come continue to make dua continue to make the hajjah continue to pray for it allah at the end will always give you what's best i know that sometimes you might feel nostalgic or you might feel sad or you might feel like i'm missing this person i don't know why they left i i missed it i wish it didn't happen you know sometimes no matter how hard you try to get over someone you just can't and some things in life you just won't necessarily 100 percent heal from but you'll learn to live with them that's one thing healing does do for you i also once read this tweet where this talked about how a guy he lost his child she was almost nine years old and he was saying how some scars don't even leave after time often sometimes random things remind him of his daughter that he lost nine years ago she died you know right after a little bit after she was born and the day that he posted the tweet she would have been nine and he was saying how he feels reassured that she's in a better place and obviously she's being better taken care of than he could have ever taken care of her as a dad even if he tried his hardest right and that you know 
Allah knew best what he was doing and it was for a good decision and everything. But he admits that some scars, they just don't heal in time. It's the little things that might make you feel nostalgic or remind you about someone or remind you about some memory and it hurts. It really does. I know so many women who feel sad when they just enter Walmart and they might see like the baby food aisle and it just makes someone start bursting and crying their eyes out because they remember something that happened nine years ago, three years ago. Some things just don't go that quickly. They're very, very deep. Some things don't. And it's an unfortunate reality, but it's an honest reality that some things you will be reminded of. That's the nature of this dunya. Allah never said you were going to heal from it and flourish in paradise and be perfectly fine here. That's for Jannah. You're going to be fine in Jannah. You'll heal in Jannah. But here, it's just not going to be like that. Some people have some people that they loved and they could never overcome them. They might have not done everything to get them. But let me tell you, lots of married people are still looking for their soulmates. It happens. It really does. Where sometimes you met your person, it really clicked, things fell through. Yeah, you might have moved on. Yeah, you might have gotten married. But you will forever feel a type of way for the person that you didn't get. It happens. It's life. It sucks. And obviously, you should get rid of those feelings. You should not be getting married. If you have feelings like that for somebody else, that is a disaster and a half. Don't do that. Allah knows. Don't play with people's hearts like that. But some things in life, like losing a child, doing this, doing that, some traumatic events, losing a loved one, period, anytime, anything, personally for you, there's things that you might not be able to 100% wake up and just heal from like it's thin air but healing helps you start to you know confront it helps you sit with it helps you get better at it it's not always going to be easy but it gets easy over time i really hope you guys like this episode and that it shared some type of hopefully valuable insight to you if you're going through anything a health scare anything sadness loss you want something or you just want a better relationship with god I love to tell people to wake up for the Hajjid. It's like it's like a W card, bro. I be telling everybody, yeah, the Hajjid, mm, wake up for the Hajjid. Because it really does something for you. You got to try it to know. And I can promise you, you'll see miracles happen in your life. I want to once again thank Srabada for sponsoring this episode. It's an amazing academic program for women. They teach you so many amazing things about Islam, about the Quran, and so much more. I highly recommend it. So thank you to them. Please take care of yourself. Have a great rest of your day. Please send me feedback anywhere, somewhere. Do it. Yes. I love you guys. Take care of yourself. Assalamu alaikum.